Good morning. Welcome to Fire the Family podcast episode two. In this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the route that I took to get a college education and have zero debt, no debt along the way whatsoever. Uh, and that's totaling three degrees. Um, and I'm going to kind of go through what uh, what I did. And, uh, you know, it's kind of directed at a specific subset of people. You have to be within a certain age range um, and, and you know, have to have the desire to uh, serve the country. But uh, yeah, so we'll jump right into it. So when I was young, when I was getting out of high school, all my friends were going to, you know, state universities and local uh, colleges and community colleges. Some were playing sports, some were going for academics, some were just going. Um, and, you know, that conversation when you're you know, 18 years old, uh, where are you going to school? Where are you going to go to school? Um, conversation comes up and uh, I didn't really know. Um, I had a time in my life where I was told that uh, I would get help to go to college, uh, potentially to go to, you know, a decent sized university and have that whole experience. And then that didn't become a reality. Um, and then just didn't know. Um, I was holding out for baseball was the big thing. Um, I was a pretty decent. Um, I was the only one at my school that ended up actually earning a scholarship to go play somewhere that year uh, as a senior. And uh, I worked my butt off, man. When I was when I was uh, a soft a freshman sophomore in high school, I was still really small, and I had the technical skills, just not the power and the strength and the size yet. Um, and I went through my I went through a growth spurt when my sophomore summer I went through a pretty massive growth spurt and some of that strength started coming on some of that size I got a little taller and I went from just being um, on the team because I'm left-handed uh, and you know decent hitting the ball to um, being a power hitter and hitting home runs and um, being a big uh, big part of the team I'm doing a lot of batting three four and five in the lineup. So, long story short, I ended up getting a, schol- a college scholarship to the local community college, which, in retrospect, I probably should have gone to uh, a, a smaller community college because they treated this one like a four-year university where you uh, you pretty much sit your first year. Uh, so, I went through all the fall you know preparations and everything, fall practices, get to the right before the main, the season starts, and they bring on uh, these this category of players that are basically uh, high school high schoolers that got drafted into the pros but they didn't get drafted high enough they need more experience they're not there wasn't a spot for them on the farm team so they send them back down to a community college to play for another year uh, get a little bigger get some more experience and get those reps in uh, so all of a sudden like four five six kids showed up from like they were just amazing and uh, it was really difficult to uh, jockey for a position so long story short I didn't play much and uh, that year and it wasn't looking like I was gonna be you know it's kind of felt like I was peaked out I was burned out of the sport I wasn't doing well in school I didn't know what I wanted to go to school for I hated the classes because they were just so generic Um, so at the time I was dating my girlfriend we've been dating for a couple years now and she was going to the branch university campus uh, across the city and uh, it was really a long distance relationship and we didn't see each other much we fought a lot and um, neither of us really knew what was going on with our future um, but I knew what I wanted. I knew that I wanted a family. I knew I wanted to get married and all that stuff. I just wasn't sure that I was ready for it at that time. So I ended up uh, going to visit a recruiter. And I remember talking to my dad about uh, about uh, like options. And he served in the Air Force. My aunt served in the Air Force. My mom's dad had served in the Air Force. And it's kind of been in our family. Um, and so I, 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 I went with him to 
talk to the recruiter and see what it was all about when I was still in high school. I remembered that. So at this time in my life, um, I kind of fell back onto that experience and went back myself and visited the recruiter, talked to him, and ultimately decided that I would, you know, ask Kayla if, uh, if she wanted to join the military with me. And well, she wouldn't join, but I would join and she'd be a part of it. And we'd go get married and start a family. And she agreed, so we did just that. Well, when I was in basic training, we uh, were offered a school benefit. It's called the MGI, MGI Bill. And with the MGI Bill, you uh, were given a set amount of money, a set amount of money that you could use uh, for college. And it was like 40 grand, I think, at the time. And that's a decent amount of money that would you know, get you through majority of a uh, tuition of a you know, cheaper in-state university. Um, but that was the older uh, Montgomery GI Bill. And what's happened since is that the post 9-11 GI Bill was passed and anyone serving after 9-11-2001 uh, that receives an honorable discharge that uh, served at least a certain amount of time in service on active duty uh, has access to. And the post 9-11 GI Bill, you don't have to pay into it like the MGI Bill. They took money out of my first like four or five paychecks to pay for the MGI Bill and I never, never got an opportunity to use it um, or get that money back. But the post 9-11 GI Bill, basically what it does is it covers your your tuition as well as it pays you a monthly BAH uh, stipend, housing stipend, basic allowance for housing. And that was when I was in uh, when I was going to university, it was like 1400 bucks a month. Um, that's pretty decent and your tuition's paid and you get, I got up to $1,000 for books every year. Uh, in addition to that, in addition to that, I also, qualified for federal financial aid and because the two systems don't talk to each other um, the income that you get from the post 9-11 GI Bill is non-taxable so it doesn't show up on any like W-2 or anything like that so when you're uh, you know filling out the federal financial aid forms it doesn't it's like you don't make any money it's like they don't see that you already have your school you know paid for and I did a lot of looking into that and asking questions and Ultimately, it's not a loophole. It's not like a cheating the system or anything that's set up that way um, purposely so you can get as much benefit as possible. And if you qualify, you qualify. So um, we did. We qualified. My wife was also a full-time student for about a year till she finished her degree. And so we were able to pull from like the Pell Grant and then um, I got a veteran scholarship on campus for a little bit of money. And so when you have your tuition completely paid for through the post 9-11 GI Bill, what happens is that financial aid goes gets paid to the school and then the school checks your balance and your balance is zero and then the school pick, kicks out that extra money and so you basically that money comes right to your bank account uh, in the form of like a direct deposit. And ultimately it's for you to use for living expenses, gas, vehicle, things that get you to and from school. That's ultimately the, the reason for that is to help um, help with pretty much anything that goes along with that groceries that you, you gotta eat, uh, stuff like that. So that is really the nuts and bolts of, of the money that I made while going to school uh, from the benefit of the post on GI Bill, financial aid. I also worked for the veter uh, Washington Department of Veterans Affairs and I worked on campus in the Veterans Center and that uh, allowed me to make an additional like 1200 bucks a month the housing stipend and, and with that housing stipend that just further increased my income so monthly i was making about 2500 dollars a month 2700 dollars a month 
an AAS um, it, uh, in aviation uh, technology. Sorry, I'm driving as per uh, the usual um, commuting to daycare. Uh, and aviation maintenance technology is what I was in, and I worked on airplanes when I was in the Air Force. And so I did the, the class work, the school, the extra school work, uh, in addition to the technical training uh, to complete that AA, AAS degree, which isn't really a transferable degree, so it counts as a degree. I, a lot of people I worked with never even completed that, and it was like six additional classes at the local community college. So that was kind of the first you know achievement that I had had in my life. And I mean, it's pretty cool. It's nice. It's kind of cool to have a degree. But, um, that young and, and you're working really hard. So uh, then fast forward, I got the bachelor's. The bachelor's was in plant biology. Uh, long story there, that's going to be a separate episode, uh, mostly just because of the local uh, the local industry and everything. And then uh, and I ended up in a software for a software company. Uh, and then fast forward, the uh, my MBA, I just finished my master's in business administration and the MBA was completed completely debt-free as well through an online college called WGU, Western Governors University. And I did a lot of checking and, and asking around about the credibility and all that of, uh, of this online uh, MBA program. And while it isn't a top-tier Stanford or Wharton Business School or anything like that, it's, um, it definitely checks the box for employers and it's fully accredited as, as much as you would expect from uh, or would need uh, from, from an online degree. So they're on the level. Uh, they're really affordable as far as how much it costs to go there. And the reason why I got that one for free and I didn't have to pay to go to school for my master's is because uh, I received a uh, disability rating from the service when I got out and mostly due to my uh, collapsed arch when I was uh, doing PT and, uh, while stationed in Guam for a month. And I was doing PT and I collapsed my arch and... Uh, it's never, it's like never been the same. So what happened, I was in the Air National Guard at the time and, and, um, I was in the Air National Guard at the time and, uh, I got injured and they didn't want to take care of it on base because I wasn't active duty and the base was pretty much shut down for the weekend and we were going home the next week. So they made me wait until we got stateside. And then I went to, uh, the hospital here or in Spokane and they made me wait until I came back for my next drill. So it'd been like a month and a half, almost two months before I could get it actually looked at. And it was already pretty much like healing on its own. And, uh, it's just always given me a hard time as far as achiness and just, uh, general weakness. So when I do squats, lunges, snowboard, uh, running, pretty much anything like that tends to aggravate it. Um, and so based on that, I qualified for a program called vocational rehab. And since my degree was largely in an agriculture field, then, um, then, uh, I, I was able to make a case for why, uh, why I should qualify for this program. And so the idea is, is that, you know, working on the tilled fields and the uneven ground and wearing cowboy boots essentially every day, um, just wasn't good for my, wasn't good for my feet. So the, the, the goal of vocational rehab isn't to get you additional college for free. It's to sit there and look at case by case and say, Hey, what do we need to do to pivot this person's career or help him, this veteran, uh, get on the right track to be hireable in a career that he can be in long term and take care of his family. Uh, and ultimately, what my case manager decided was it was a good idea for me to go back and get a degree in another field, more broad, kind of like business. And he didn't want me getting a second bachelor's degree because that's a complete waste of time. You should just progress towards a master's. And the 
best route for me to go was the master's program through uh, WGU and I chose the school and kind of presented that and uh, everybody agreed we signed the papers and ultimately I got another uh, got approved for another two years of school uh, with BAH and everything the BAH was less this time um, but I finished the I finished the degree in like 14 months so uh, 15 months so that is uh, that's how I did that so three degrees uh, with no payment, no tuition. I understand this doesn't apply to everybody. Uh, it's pretty much like a pretty specific niche of people that can achieve this or can do can do this route. But it's the one that I took. I didn't know I was gonna do it at the time. Just kind of for, met a bunch of forks in the roads and uh, made decisions with the best information I had at the time. And um, I feel like I came out on the other side pretty well. And I'm extremely thankful and blessed for uh, the uh, opportunities for the time and the time I had in the service and just everything, man. I just uh, just so appreciative of everything that I have and all the opportunities that I've that I've had. And um, I came from a, a really nice household, uh, middle class. My parents were wonderful, um, but you know I didn't have the support for school that I had needed or wanted. And so I went out and found a way to get it done on my own. And not to say that I joined the service primarily for uh, for education benefits because I didn't. But uh, a big part of it was getting out and having experience and doing something different. And, and what I found, you know, at that age, you don't really know what you're doing. I was, I was 18 when I made that decision. And, and at that age, you just, uh, just kind of go with, go with the flow. Um, and what I found was that I really enjoyed serving and uh, really enjoyed my time. And looking back on it, I miss a lot of it. Uh, not that I, I have regrets or that I would go back um, and do things differently, because I wouldn't. But um, man, it, it, at this point, it almost feels like a, almost feels like a dream that uh, that I that I had, and a really vivid dream rather than an experience, because it was it's almost been 10 years now that I joined. Um, next year it'll be 10 years. So that's the story. That's um, that's ultimately how I went to school debt free and, and got all my tuition paid for and got paid to go. Uh, it's an interesting story. I have more de- details on it. I, this is an off-the-cuff recording on the way on my commute. This is kind of how I maximize my time. Um, I feel like, uh, oh, I hope that this is you know, helpful uh, to any young people or any any parents of young people that are trying to decide what they want to do. Maybe the college is what they want, but they uh, they don't want to go into debt for it. I mean, you just give four years of your life uh, and have a great experience, and uh, you could you know you get some pretty amazing pretty amazing benefits out of out of. So I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, it really helped me grow up, helped me figure out what I wanted to do, helped me move and travel and uh, start a life of my own and start a family. I had my first first boy at 21, and uh, man, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but uh, it's been a wonderful journey, a wonderful ride. If you have any questions, hit me up uh, on Twitter at uh, Fire the Family, on Instagram at the.nick.french, website firethefamily.com. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out on the podcast. I do appreciate you, and I hope you guys have a great Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. we got a company barbecue tonight. Pretty excited about that, and I'm at daycare now. I'm getting ready to drop the boys off. So uh, we'll catch up with you guys tomorrow, and uh, have a wonderful Friday.